now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, thanks for joining us. You are listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Island Savings, Carrie Smith, home inspector for Inspect Tech, and introducing our newest show sponsor, Sitka Law Group, for your real estate wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs. If you need an opinion from experts in insurance, mortgages, building inspections, or legal issues, Denise, Carrie, Sitka Law, and Carrie Smith are great people to talk with. Just visit the CFAX 1070 website, look under Shows. There you'll find us, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe, and all of their contact information is there, or you can always find me online or on social media. My background for you as host for the next hour is as a locally born and raised Victorian. I've been selling homes here in Victoria since 1991. I've seen thousands of transactions locally, and I've seen almost every situation you can imagine. So you can call me if you need a seasoned professional for your real estate needs. Again, you can contact me either through the CFAX website or on our very own website, which is the Prime Real Estate Team, www.primeteam.ca. It is the new year. Everyone has had their property assessments delivered in the mail. BC Assessment Authority reports assessments are up from 4 to 13%, depending on your location here in the CRD. Now, what does this mean to you? Will this mean that your taxes will go up? How accurate is the assessment? What is the assessment? We have back, for the third time, our expert panel to discuss assessments. Show sponsor, Denise Webster, with Dominion Lending Centers. Amanda Mills for Mills Appraisal Group, and Peter Morris, author of How to Successfully Appeal Your BC Assessment. Let's start our show with our weekly listener question. If you have a question or curiosity that you'd like to talk about, about real estate here on our show, call us on our hotline. It's 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or again, find us online on the CFAX 1070 website and we'll discuss it on the air. Had a message uh, last week from Bruce. He said, I'd like to start buying investment properties. What are the best buys? Great question, Bruce. Um, You know, actually, one of the first things that you would need to make sure that you've got all straightened out is the financial aspect, having a mortgage in place. And for that, of course, we have on the line Denise, our show sponsor from Dominion Lending Centers. Denise, how are you? I'm good, Tony. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well, too. Bruce wants to know about buying an investment property. I guess the, the first question our listeners should know was, how much cash or down payment is someone going to need to buy an investment property? It's a great question, and a lot of people actually don't know the answer to that, um, but it's a federal law. We have to have a minimum of 20% down to buy, to buy any type of investment property. Well, you know what? I, I've never heard you put it that way before. It's a federal law. I guess it is because the uh, federal government uh, dictates the rules, right? Yep, through our and mortgage insurers as well. So, yep, at minimum 20%. Okay. Well, and the thing is, in many cases, people will need more than 20% because you've got to have enough down payment in place to make sure that the income from the rent covers the mortgage, right? Absolutely. You don't want to be having an investment property with a shortfall every month that you are subsidizing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, getting a huge mortgage on an investment property doesn't typically work out in that you're going to be able to charge enough rent to have a surplus of revenue coming in on that property if you've got a large mortgage on it. Okay. So, you know, when the federal government comes down and says, all right, we need at least 20%, 25 30% or whatever down payment for an investment property, well, what are they saying to consumers? 
Um, it's a risk assessment. They definitely want to say, uh, want the message conveyed that we are looking at rental properties or investment properties with a higher risk assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want any kind of borrower to be relying on rental income to qualify for that property as well. So if the, um, the you know, qualifying ratios are really tight and it's heavily reliant on that rental income, the question would be, well, what happens if, you know, it isn't rented for a couple of months? Is the borrower able to actually subsidize, um, you know, the, that income's not coming in? Mm-hmm. So if you were so reliant on being able to qualify for that mortgage just because you have rental income in there as well, mm-hmm. uh, that would be considered a high-risk uh, purchase to any type of lender or borrower. Yeah, uh, and I, 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 guess, I, I guess the tip there is don't stretch for an investment property. Absolutely. And and you sh- definitely don't want to be in that position where, you know, you are uh, subsidizing that uh, strata fee every month or you don't, you know, there's not enough rent bringing in to cover the property taxes. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a pretty good cushion to be purchasing investment property, I think. Yeah. Now, um, on, on a different tangent here, Bruce, if you're buying with cash, because, you know, there are people who purchase investment properties with cash, literally writing a check from the bank. Something that you will need to know is that that uh, income that you're bringing in is taxable as well, too. So there, there is a little bit of a balance there. Um, Denise, I'm sure you will tell us that some people, even with cash in hand, will choose to have a mortgage because of the fact that um, they, they have a deduction that they can use uh, against their income, right? Absolutely. It's something I highly recommend with anybody wanting to purchase an investment property that they meet with an accountant first and, and really understand the tax strategy of, you know, now you've got income that you're going to have to claim to Canada Revenue mm-hmm. and will there be expenses to offset that income? So you want to know what type of expenses you'd be writing off against that income. So, uh, yeah, it's a very important step in the procedure. If you're looking at buying investment property, you should also be meeting with a tax accountant. Yeah, good, good tip, good tip. Now, getting back to your question, Bruce, because you asked what are the best buys. Well, there's a couple things that uh, we want to talk about. First of all, what is the cost? Uh, are you looking at something where the income generated can offset the acquisition costs, how much the property costs you. And, of course, Denise just brought up the fact that uh, there is a requirement for at least 20% down payment. Um, Return is also very important because, you know, there are some properties that provide a better return. You might be uh, thinking about house versus condo. Uh, If it's a condo, is it a one-bedroom or is it a two-bedroom? It is a discussion that we have quite often with people because, sure, everyone wants a two-bedroom condo nowadays, but when you look at the math, when you figure out how much the cost differential is between a one-bedroom and a two-bedroom relative to the income that the one-bedroom brings in versus the two-bedroom, sometimes one-bedrooms are a great investment, especially if you're looking in the downtown area where you know uh, um, there is a... The, the vacancy rate is very low. There's always people looking for rental properties there. Um, liquidity is something I want to bring up as well, too. Something that's really liquid. Uh, when it comes time for you to sell, are you going to be able to sell it easily? Uh, if it's a very specialized product that requires a very special buyer to buy, it's going to be a little bit more risky for you as well, too. So many, many things to think about. But what it really boils down to is affordability, what works well for you uh, from a cost standpoint, what will bring you the best return on a monthly basis. Um, oh, one last thing I forgot to bring up is upkeep. 
Now, if you're looking at a newer condo, you're not going to have very much upkeep. If you're looking at an older house that maybe has several suites, like a fourplex in, for instance, Fairfield or something, you've got to know that there may be things that you're going to need to deal with uh, system-wise, newer roof, um, uh, foundation, drain tile, uh, electrical, things like that, that you should keep, uh, keep in the back of your mind. Thank you, anyways, Bruce, for your message. And for everyone else, as a reminder, if you'd like us to talk about anything real estate-related here on our show, give us a call, 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Denise, don't go anywhere because we're going to talk to you in a couple minutes here about property assessments. Sounds great. Yeah. Now, uh, something I'd like to bring up to our listeners here, something we're very excited about. Um, we, that is, uh, myself at the whole home show, uh, and our show sponsors. So Denise that we have in the air right now, Carrie Smith, building inspector with Inspectac, Carrie Augustini, uh, insurance manager for Island Savings and our new show sponsor, Sitka Law Group. We are putting on a home buyer event with the CFAX home show experts. It's going to be on Saturday, March the 9th at the union club downtown from 11 o'clock to one o'clock. Up close and personal with myself and all of the sponsors with the whole home show. You're going to learn tips on buying, selling, owning, and insuring your home. There's limited seating for this event. Tickets are only $25, and that will include a light lunch. If you go to the CFAX 1070 website, you'll find us under shows. You can register from there. But listen, every week from now to then, we are giving away a pair of tickets. So the first person to email me will receive them. You need to send an email. It's Tony at primeteam.ca, Tony at primeteam.ca. The value of the two tickets are $50, but, of course, the event itself is worth so much more. Give me an email, Tony at primeteam.ca, and I'll let you know if you are the lucky winner for the week. We are talking this week about property assessments and talking with our experts about what your assessment means to you. It doesn't mean your taxes are going to go up. Does it mean your house is worth more? Let's find out. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for listening. It's The Whole Home Show. Uh, I'm Tony Joe. We're talking today about property assessments because everyone received their assessment in their mail this week. Uh, we have guests this week, the author of Appealing Your BC Property Assessment, Peter Morris. He'll be on the line in just a little bit. We have in the studio with us Amanda Mills from Mills Appraisal Group. And on the phone right now is our show sponsor, Denise Webster from Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group. Uh, Denise, thanks again, as always, for coming on the line here. Thank you. Uh, let's talk about assessments because, you see, one of the things that people uh, often think about is, oh, well, I got this thing in the mail. says my house is worth, whatever, $800,000. That must mean that's what my house is worth. Now, when somebody is going in to get a mortgage for a property, how much, how much do you as a mortgage broker or the lender rely on this assessed value? For a purchase, I don't uh, I don't really rely on it at all. The purchase is really um, decide purchase price is really decided by what a buyer is willing to pay and uh, in a current market status. So uh, you obviously uh, you know that in your area of expertise, Tony, mm-hmm. uh, and in Amanda's expertise, you know we're looking at comparable properties that have sold recently. That is truly the market value, and that's going to come down to a purchase price. For me, when I really look at those um, new um, BC assessment values, 
that's a, a very good starting point for me to maybe get an idea of where we're close to a market value. If we were to say looking at refinancing somebody's mortgage, where we're going to figure out what that market value is and to see what type of equity is available in the property if they were to refinance their mortgage. Well, it should be mentioned here. So I get what you're saying, using the assessment as a sort of starting point uh, for a refinance, but it should be mentioned that refinances are are much more conservative than a new purchase, right? Absolutely, yep. Um, uh, Well, I I don't know if they're they're significantly different. We're still going to be relying on an appraisal for a refinance as well. So when we do start the process of looking at um, changing up the mortgage on a property, quite often the lender is always going to condition for an appraisal, and that appraisal is now going to decide where the market value of this home is based on recent sales in that area of comparable homes. So, uh, you know, the appraisal is really the most important part of the financing when it comes to figuring out the actual market value, not the assessed value. It's the market value that our borrowers, or sorry, that our banks and our lenders rely on. Yeah. So so the assessed value is, it, it does not replace an appraisal. It does not. Uh, unless the, the one time that a, an appraise, uh, sorry, an assessment really comes into play is when there is quite a lot of equity in a home and a bank or lender just wants to rely that they've got a good idea there's not a lot of risk on the refinance or the or the purchase they do have tools um, internal tools through our mortgage insurers uh, through the MLS obviously uh, that they can actually decide that the the value is right around where we have estimated it and they can do an automatic approval on the value if again when there's a lot of equity in the property we do see these auto approvals on the value without actually being conditioned for an appraisal yeah now mind you that's not a comment about the assessment being accurate that's a comment more on the process of somebody looking for a refinance who happens to have a lot of equity Exactly, Tony. Yep. It, it, that it is. I kind of want to say that again, that it seems like it's a starting point for us to really kind of get an idea of what kind of values are in that area mm-hmm. for homes of, of, you know, similar properties. The BC assessment really does go on to explain and you actually can find a tab on that BC assessment that does show some recent sales in that area as well. Mm-hmm. And it can, it will compare the assessed value to the actual sale value. Yeah. Well, you know, it's so funny. I, I've mentioned this story many times, uh, even on this show here as well, too. Uh, I, I had a client once. Uh, we had their condo listed for sale uh, in December, many years ago. It was probably maybe 15 or 20 years ago now. And um, it had not sold because it was a normal market. Things take a little bit of time to sell. The assessment came out first week in January, and she called me up and said, hey, my assessment went up, so we need to raise the price of the, the mm-hmm. property. Right. And what a common thought that is. I know. And I said, whoa, hold on a second. Um, you know, I had this conversation with her about what the assessment really means. It's not the value of the property, right? But, but rather funnily, um, she was looking at a house in Strawberry Vale at the same time. And I said to her, because, you know, you can go online and look up everyone's assessments, right? Yeah. And I said to her, I go, oh, hey, I, that house that you want to buy when your condo sells, I noticed its assessment went up $20,000. So how are you going to feel about paying $20,000 more for that house? Just because the assessment said so. And she's like, well, I don't want to do that. Right? <laughs> and it, it, because that's it, all it is is a number. It is not an expression of what the value of the property is. Absolutely. And the market is really setting that. If her house wasn't selling to increase the 
purchase price was definitely not going to make it sell any faster. Yeah, if it didn't sell in December at X amount of dollars, it was not going to sell in January at X amount plus $20,000. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great story. Yeah, yeah. What other what other things do you bump into um, as far as, well, okay, uh, we're going to talk... Let me just step back for a sec here. I was going somewhere, but I'm going to go in a different direction because we have Amanda in the studio. She's going to be talking uh, to explain to listeners in a moment exactly what an evaluation, what an appraisal is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you are going through the process, helping somebody either with a refinance or getting a new mortgage, um, how much does the lender rely on that appraisal as far as the the qualification or approval is concerned like is it like is it the one thing that really that really um helps the applicant i mean obviously they've got income they've got credit they've got all that other kind of stuff right i think when the appraisal comes into play mostly is in a very um uh changing market. Uh, where, where we really experienced this was in 2016, Tony, when we saw the values of properties going up uh, at quite a, a speed. Um, the increases were happening very, very fast. Uh, a lot of over-asking and multiple offers. So uh, the we one- are, All of our heads were spinning. At I that know. Time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the one story that comes to mind for me was um, one of my clients making an offer very early in that 2016 period where um, a lot of houses were just uh, getting put on the market at these higher prices where my clients had actually offered a higher uh, value as well. Mm-hmm. And there weren't enough recent sales in this new shifting market to actually provide an appraisal that really supported the purchase price that they were offering. There just were not completed sales at that time for an appraiser to pull uh, and therefore, we actually got an appraisal that came in under the value that my clients had offered on the property. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, what's most important for borrowers to understand is that if the market value, the appraisal, is not coming in at the value that you are offering to purchase a property or that we thought we were going to refinance the property based on that value, mm-hmm. the difference is going to be made up in the down payment because a lender will only lend based on that appraised market value. Yes. So that's the really important thing to note. So in that story, uh, you know, where the, the appraisal came in, I think it was $20,000 less than the uh, purchase price. They had to come up with another $20,000. Exactly. The lender would only lend based on that appraised market value. Well, that's an important point because I, I think that's kind of where I was getting to. Like if the appraisal comes in short, it doesn't mean that the entire application is necessarily scuttled. Exactly. No, yeah. there's always a way, a workaround. But, you know, it could be if those funds are not available to the borrower. Yeah. Yeah. So if they're at their absolute limit, they could not come up with that other $20,000, then then there we go. Right. Yeah. Then the, the mortgage financing will fall through. Yeah. And that was pretty, that was probably earlier on in the stage when things were starting to go crazy with the multiple offers. Right, Denise? Absolutely. It was really early. Like I said, there just weren't the, the actual closed completed sales for an appraiser to actually pull enough comparable properties in that market area at yeah. that time. Yeah, because because then what happened for our listeners is for about a year and a half when everything was going crazy, um, <laughs> all of our heads were spinning, um, the, the, the lenders, I think, were pretty confident knowing and seeing that the market was in an upward swing uh, and they, they could take a little more, they could take 
they could approve more because the risk were a little lower, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, right? yeah you're right, Tony. You know, the, the, it was a very, very obvious increasing trend. Yeah. So, and all the appraisals would even say that. They would they would note on the appraisals. Amanda will touch on this as well. But, it, you know, they note the current market conditions at the time of the appraisal, saying, yeah. you know, right now we see that um, – um, mark pricing is on the rise. Yeah. Okay. So ju- like just to wrap up here, because we're talking about assessments. Assessments are evaluated as of July the previous year. Very good, important thing to note. <laughs> yes. Whereas, whereas what we're talking about here in the process of someone buying or selling real estate, when an appraisal is necessary at that moment, you can't take information that is six months old. It has to be at that moment, right? Absolutely. I think uh, ideally the guideline is about uh, something in the three-month mark to make a comparable of the property you're purchasing, something around three months recent sales. Maximum. Great. Well, Denise, thanks for coming on the line as always. Looking forward to having this uh, CFAX Home Buyer uh, event with the whole home show with you and the others as well, too. I can't wait, Tony. It's going to be a great event. Great. Well, we are talking property assessments. We're taking a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you every week in part by our show sponsors, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Island Savings, Carrie Smith, home inspector from InspectTech, and the Sitcall Law Group for your real estate wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs. If you need an opinion from experts in these areas, especially around real estate, give them a call. You can find their contact information on the CFAX 1070 website. Look under shows. There you'll find us, the whole home show with me. Tony Joe. I want to remind everyone as well, too, I had mentioned earlier today that we're going to have a home buyer event with the CFAX Home Show Experts. It's going to happen on Saturday, March the 9th at the Union Club downtown from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock. You're going to be up close and personal with myself and all the sponsors of the whole home show, learning tips on buying, selling, owning, and insuring your home. There's limited seating. Tickets are only $25, and that does include a light lunch. You'll find a link at the CFAX 1070 website under our show, The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe, and you can register from there. And as I said earlier, we are also giving away a pair of tickets every week until that event. So as a reminder, email me, tony at primeteam.ca, and I'll let you know if you are the lucky winner for the week. We're talking about property assessments today. With us in the studio right now is Amanda Mills. Amanda is with Mills Appraisal Group. Amanda, thanks for coming back. Hello, Tony. Thanks very much for asking me. You know, actually, this means a lot to me because you and uh, both Denise and Peter were my very first guests. It seems like a very long time ago, but you've been back. This is the third time now. Great. Wonderful to have these updates. Yeah, well, this is the thing, because especially, and it's timely, too, because this whole question about property assessments comes come up. Um, so let's talk about appraisal. Explain to the listeners exactly what a real estate appraisal is. An appraisal is an analysis of the value of a property at a given point in time. And that point can be current time. Um, You might want to have it for mortgage lending purposes, for buying or refinancing a property, as Denise has said. Um, And therefore, the picture would be looking at property sales that have taken place around the last three months leading up to the effective date of the appraisal, which could be today. Mm -hmm. Um, We also do uh, retrospective appraisals, and this is done for tax purposes or probate or 
um, inheritance. Yeah, so for instance, the value of the home at the time that somebody passed away. Correct. Which could be like a year ago or something. Yeah, could be a year ago. It could be three months ago. It could have been yesterday. Mm -hmm. So you then take a look at the market as it was at that particular time. It's very important because markets do change, which we've seen. We'll probably discuss this. But um, you need to get a, a window of the sales activity that have taken place around that specific date. So we go back historically through the records, through the MLS services, etc., to try and find uh, sales data that would match that house at that period of time. Yeah, and it's important for people to know that the data that you use is is the MLS system. So yes. the realtors, the realtors in uh, Victoria, British Columbia, wherever, we post all of the sales. It includes not only the list price, but also the sale price, any reductions if there are reductions. It gives the days on market, how long it took to sell. Um, a lot of data that the that we, the real estate industry, uh, allow the uh, appraisal industry to have access to. You need it. Right? Yes, yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, and that's how you uh, um, derive your data, right? Yes, we are members of the Real Estate Board, yeah. associate members, so we have access to all the information that you do have. We're also keenly keeping our ears and eyes open for private sales mm -hmm. that may not have gone through the MLS system. And, um, and also, as appraisers, we're constantly consulting with you realtors as professionals yeah. just to um, get more information on a sale, for instance, finding out what if there were particular circumstances around that sale that drove the price to whatever the price ended up to be. Mm. But um, our, our two professions really interrelate with each other. And, you know, you just mentioned a moment ago private sales. This is yes. important as well, too, because we all have access to the sales data when a private sale happens, too, because when the title changes, there's a record um, of how much the sale was. Yes, right. yes. We have to know it, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we can track it down, certainly. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, we're talking about uh, assessments today. Right. Uh, because, again, uh, people often, they, they, they get this thing in the mail and they say, oh, my goodness, this has affected me in some way or other. Uh, is it coming from your mouth? Mm. Uh, is the assessment a true reflection of what their property is worth? No. What their property is worth now, January the 8th. Well, good point. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, the assessments are done from July the 1st of the previous year. So we get our notices. Mine arrived yesterday, but I had access to the information on the 1st of July. Mm -hmm. uh, 1st of January, excuse me. Yeah. Um, uh, because BCRA, BCAA puts it on online. Online, yeah. yes. Um, however, that assessment is showing what they reckon the property was worth in July yeah. the 1st. So in these intervening months of six months, it's very important what happens to the market in that time frame. And I think we're in a very interesting period at the moment because the market was still reasonably robust in July 2018. Yes. And then towards the end of the year, it was tapering down. It was a sales, sales were down the... Um, article in the Times Colonist January the 3rd shows that it, they were down in the region 20% yeah, The in number volume, of sales. Number of sales, number the volume of sales, of sales. Yeah. yes. Um, so from that, if there's a volume down, then we have less data to do comparisons for current value. Yeah. Um, so it's possible that the assessment that comes out might end up being reflecting a higher price than it would currently be worth. Uh-huh, yeah. And it's a touchy point at the moment for appraisers because we have so few sales. The data's rather skim, slim, yep. and uh, so we're not sure if the assessment is going to be validating. Yeah. 
the, the current well, value. And, uh, you know, this is, a, this is a really key point here is the difference between July and January. Because uh, the real estate community, like we know when we take record of how many showings happened on certain properties, uh, bet- either in July or in January, we know that the traffic is down. Mm-hmm. We know there's less activity. Um, does that translate to lower values? Well, I think it really depends on the type of property and, you know, what's hot at the moment, right? Yes, yeah. And it's hard to say because we've got a very varied region. So you could say that um, possibly the hot areas, Oak Bay, Fairfield, might not show as much of a difference as outerlying areas. Mm -hmm. But then you've got the West Hills and Langford suburban communities, which are also very active. Um, So it's hard to say. I I really mistrust a blanket percentage increase or decrease because it is such a varied region. Yeah. Well, as you would as an appraiser, yeah. you don't you don't rely on that blanket figure, right? No, yeah. no, not at all. Uh, Nor do we really rely on the assessed value. That's what you were talking to Denise about also. Yeah. We are aware of what the assessed value because is. Because it's in your report. Yeah, so you it's put in it our, in the appraisal. It's yeah. in our report. It's a requirement of our report to state what the assessed value is. Um, but our research is for the current value. So we're looking for sales, as I said, within the last three months, if possible. And it's possible that in that time frame, prices have jumped dramatically, which we saw last year and over the past two years, yeah. or they might have tapered off. And it's hard to say um, what we're going to end up with. But we, we look at the assessed value, and then we, at the end of the report, I look back at the assessed value and see what my conclusion is and how it sits with the assessed value. Okay. There's, so the, here's one. I didn't prepare you for this. Um, let's just say that an estate says, I need to know how much this property was worth July the 1st. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and a family might say, well, why don't we just look at the, the assessed value because it's July, uh, July the 1st. But the reality is the two numbers can be very different, right? Yes. Yeah. And one of the reasons is because you have an opportunity to physically go through the house and to, to, to f- get a feel of the house and to see it and uh, smell it, and all these things which um, assessors typically can't do. No. The assessors are doing mass appraisals. Is I think that's what we're coming up to, actually. Yeah. Um, I would be welcome anybody to phone in if an assessor has been inside your house in the last yeah. five years, 30 years. Yeah. Um, it's done on a mass appraisal. So it's really portraying what is seen to be a general lift or fall yeah. in the overall neighborhood. Well, I, mean, I think I mentioned this to you before uh, sometime. My dad was one of these guys. He had mm. an appraiser knock on the assessor, I'm sorry, from the assessment authority, knock on the door. And he said, no, <laughs> I don't want you coming in. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> so some people do that as well, too. Yes, right? yes. Yeah, very interesting. But they're physically not doing that. No, no. Uh, we're here with Amanda Mills, uh, Mills Appraisal Group. Amanda, thanks, as always, for coming. If people need to reach you to talk about appraisals and valuations, how can they do that? Please do. Our number is 250-727-0222 or millsappraisals at shaw.ca. Great. And the phone number again? 727-0222, Amanda Mills. Great, Amanda. Thanks, as always, for coming. And uh, let's schedule this for this time next year. Wonderful. I'll be there. Well, we'll be back in just a moment talking about property assessments. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're talking about property assessments today because we all had our property assessments delivered in the mail the first week of January. Uh, we've had a reprisal of our group, the first group that I've ever had on this show. Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group. Uh, Amanda Mills from Mills Appraisal Group, uh, who was just here. Uh, and also... 
We have on the air right now Peter Morse. Peter is the author of How to Successfully Appeal Your BC Property Assessment. Uh, Peter, great having you back. It's a pleasure to be back. Uh, so this is always an exciting time of the year for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, I know you get a lot of media, uh, press, phone calls, and all that kind of stuff. People asking you about um, uh, not only not only your book, uh, which helps people appeal their assessments, but also this whole topic about property assessments in general. So um, let's talk about what's happened in the Victoria region. Um, Assessment-wise, we know that in general, blanket-wise, numbers are up. Uh, what, is this, what does this mean for consumers? Well, it means that uh, the general property valuation as uh, determined by the BC Assessment Authority as of July 1st of 2018, you have to remember your assessment notice, although you get it in January, reflects an estimated property value of July of the preceding year. Mm -hmm. And so BC Assessment Authority has said generally the market uh, went up. Uh, The city of Victoria, the city proper, was up 8%. And if you go out to uh, some of the other communities like Euclid on uh, Vancouver Island, uh, that went up 21%. And Sayward was like 44% or some of that. Yes. But bear in mind, you know, when you're looking at those big percentages, you're talking smaller numbers. Yeah. Uh, So, for an example, if you go from $1 to $2, it's a 100% increase, but it's still only $1. Yeah. Um, So, you know, uh, the big thing is that I think a lot of people are lulled into the misconception that that is actually what their house is worth today. And that's simply not the case because the market does move. It moves month by month, week by week. So you can't look at what happened in July of last year and say, oh, this is what my property is worth today. Um, And so there's this misconception that an ever-increasing assessment is always a good thing. The real question that people should be asking themselves is this. Is my assessment increase or decrease relative to similar properties in my neighborhood, in my community? Uh-huh. If the general increase went up 8% and your valuation went up 20%, yeah. it's quite possible that you'll end up paying more than your fair share on property taxes. Oh, you know, this is a great point, and I'm guessing this is also one of the reasons why the British Columbia Assessment Authority lets people access the assessment um, database uh, in the month of January, right? So that you can look and yeah, compare. Exactly. And uh, in fact, what the BC Assessment Authority does is says uh, tacitly, uh, this is what we think your property is worth. Now, you have to bear in mind, over 2 million properties were assessed this year. Mm-hmm. Now, they don't have 2 million assessors to go out and do it. So they use <laughs> yes. a computer model. Yeah. And uh, in using a computer model, that is prone to some errors, you know, a number transposition or something else. And although the BC Assessment Authority tries to do its very best, mm-hmm. it is possible that there's an error. So what they say is, please tell us if we're right or tell us if we're wrong. And uh, the onus is on the property owner to verify the information and to verify that the assessment that the BC Assessment Authority has come up with is fair and reasonable to that property. You owner. know, you know, Peter, this is a very different. Uh, this is a very different point that I'm that I'm taking away right now that I've never thought about before, and I'm, I'm glad you bring this up because I think most people might think about this whole, whole appeal process as as okay. I better appeal this to get it down because then my taxes will be down. But, you know, first of all, we know that the, assess, uh, the assessment is not necessarily indicative of taxes, whether they go up or, da- up or down, right? 
But Correct. There's actually three legs to that stool that creates your problem. Well, and, and let's talk about that in, in a moment here. Um, but but I, I, well, what I'm taking away right now is, wow, it, it, it really is, I guess, the assessment authority's way of, of saying it's up to me to confirm that, that it's, it's up to me to um, provide input as to whether or not I feel that their number is right. Exactly. I think everyone should take a close look at their assessed value, mm-hmm. uh, look at it in comparison to their neighbors, look at it in comparison to what has occurred year over year, and then make a determination. It doesn't necessarily mean that you will have to appeal your assessment, but it could mean that something has occurred in which your assessment should be appealed. I'll give you a quick personal example. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'll give you two. Um, I recently relocated from Vancouver Island to the Lower Mainland. Mm-hmm. In that process, uh, BC Assessment Authority, uh, once the sale of my house on Vancouver Island concluded, reassessed my property because it was right at the uh, July 1 date. Mm-hmm. So they had hard numbers. Because that was the sale that happened at that, that point in time. Sale. Yeah. But what happened was they transposed a number relative to the square footage of my property. And as a result of that, when they applied the rate per square foot, which is what they generally do, they didn't just take my my sale price. They plugged it back into the computer, and the computer spat out a different number altogether because of that transposition. That's a human error. That occurs. So then I moved to the Lower Mainland, and I purchased my house. Again, July 1 was the closing date. And the BC Assessment Authority came up with a completely different number than the number that I paid for my property. So that is where you have the computer model taking over, and really they should be looking at uh, the actual transaction. Okay, so would you mind telling us your purchase on the mainland, was it higher or lower than the assessment that came out? It was lower than the assessment that came out. Okay. You see, and, and, and therein lies the whole rub here. And Amanda, the appraiser, is, she's nodding her head here right now as well, too. What you paid for the house on, Janu- on July the 1st is truly what the value was on July the 1st, because there's no better expression of property value than what somebody has paid for the property, right? Agreed. So in other words... But what happened was the computer model took over uh, and plugged in a different number. Yes, Okay, so um, it just—it's a reminder about the fact that the computer model is not a accurate representation of the value, right? It's not infallible. Okay, uh, it is a really good uh, model. It's got a good algorithm to it, but it's not infallible, and that's why I think everyone should take a look at it. Okay, um, your book. Tell people where they can find it. Uh, there's a number of different ways that you can get it. One is if you want the ebook, it's attainmentpress.com. It's available for immediate download. Or if you prefer a paper or Kindle version, just simply go to amazon.ca. Okay. Uh, I am going to put that link on the CFAX 1070 uh, website under our show here just to make sure that people get it. I have the book. It's great. Um, what is one of the first things that somebody needs to do if they plan to appeal their assessment, Peter? Very first thing, get on the e-value website, take a look at the assessed values for other properties uh, that are similar to your own, and start to jot down numbers. Uh, How big is the lot? How big is the property? What is the assessed value? And then get granular. Take those numbers down to a per square foot, because that's how the computer model works, and see if on a per square foot basis it makes sense. 
Also take a look and make sure that all the data on the assessment uh, role for your property is correct. Is the square footage correct? Is the lot size correct? Those are the very first things that you should be doing. Then um, I also counsel people, put in a protective notice of complaint. In other words, a notice of complaint is your notice that you're going to appeal because you must do so by January 31st. If you do not get in that notice of complaint by then, then you don't have an ability to appeal. So at least put it in. You can always retract it. Okay. Okay, so yeah, it, it, at least apply for this. And this is all online on the BCAA, uh, the Assessment Authority website, right? It is. Okay. Um, now, when somebody, going through the process, when somebody has started the appeal process, uh, presumably, because I haven't done it myself, uh, presumably somebody from the Assessment Authority gets in touch and starts having a conversation with you, right? Uh, that does happen. Uh, the other thing is is that once you put in your notice of complaint or your appeal, it will go to a review panel. The review panel will sit in the spring, March and April, and you'll get a notice saying that you can show up at the review panel, and I strongly urge people to do so, at the appointed time. You'll have about 10 to 15 minutes to present your case to the review panel. It's really important to understand that the review panel is made up of citizens. They're not from BC Assessment Authority. They volunteer their time. They're part of an independent review panel, and they will hear your case. They may not give you an answer right away. Uh, you may have to wait a couple of weeks in order to get their written determination, or they may hint at what might be the end result. If at the end of all of that, you are still not happy, there is yet another uh, level that you can appeal to, and that's a judicial review, and that's uh, more complicated. Generally speaking, we only see commercial properties go that far uh, with very, very expensive properties and property assessments. Yeah, very complicated, right? Very complicated, yes. Got it, got it. Okay. So um, uh, earlier you were talking about the three pillars of um, there's three pillars of your municipal taxes, right? Correct. Now, a lot of people are under the impression that if their property assessment goes up, say, 10%, then their property taxes will go up 10%. Uh, that's actually not the way that it works. Uh, so the first thing that happens is the municipality puts together its operating budget, what it's going to spend over the next year. Mm-hmm. Then they look at all of the assessed values, and there's a number of different classes uh, for their community. And that total assessed value will you know, come into millions, if not billions, of dollars. And they'll divide their municipal budget by the total assessment. That creates what we call the mill rate. Mm -hmm. And then they multiply that mill rate by every $1,000 of value on your property. And it's that part that creates your property tax. Now, you'll notice the average homeowner does not have any say in the municipal budget except at election time. They have no say on the total assessed values of the province or of the municipality, but they do have a say on what their individual property assessment value is, and that's why they should look closely at their assessed value. Oh, interesting. It always boils down to the budget that's going on in the municipality, because even if assessments are down, if there is a major infrastructure happening in your municipality, your taxes could go up, right? That's true. It's a very simplified version. If the property, um, uh, sorry, if the municipal taxes go up 10%, the total assessed value goes up 10%, and your individual property value goes up 10%, in theory, you should not see an increase in your property taxes. It's when any one of those numbers goes off kilter is when you will either see a tax increase or a tax decrease. And one of the things that you say all the time is you you feel that, um, say, 20% of the assessments out there could be incorrect. So it's a good idea for people to go out there and uh, start their appeal process, right? 
that's very true. At least take a look, a good, hard look at your assessment and see if it makes sense to you. Great, Peter. Thanks again for coming on the line. If people need to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Uh, they can reach me at my email address, which is pdmorris, M-O-R-R-I-S, at mail, M-A-I-L, dot com. Great. And, of course, your book is How to Successfully Appeal Your BC Property Assessment. Thanks for coming on the line, uh, Peter. And, of course, we had Amanda uh, in the studio here. Amanda, thanks again for coming. People thanks, need, Tony. People need to reach you again. How can they do that? 250-727-0222, Mills Appraisal Group. Great. Love having this discussion uh, with you guys about property assessments. We'll do it again this time next year. And for the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you again this time next week.